everybody, it's Bob McCready with This Month in Realty, and I am super excited to be continuing our group call sessions today. I have three of the best agents across the country here, and I want to go around the room and let them introduce themselves and talk a little bit about the industry and how they got into it and, and how it's affected uh, themselves and their area. So we will start with Janet. Hey, um, I am Janet Churchill with Keller Williams Realty Signature in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. Um, I've been licensed for about six years here. Um, it's an interesting market right now, for sure. Um, in a healthy market in our area, we're supposed to have 1,600 homes active and available. We have 375 right now and only 504 pending. So it's been insane. Um, I still do. I mean, I do a pretty good business out here. Um, despite that, um, which is, which is a good thing. So, um, I don't know what else to say. That's a great start. <laughs> That's a great start. Okay. Let's go to, let's go to Tracy Lynn. I am Tracy Lynn. I am with EXP Realty and I service the Northern Virginia area. Um, been licensed for about 11 years and have experienced every bit of that, um, a part of the business I've done a full-time part-time was in referral for a little bit and now I'm back full-time going on my sixth year so the market here's crazy uh, we have quite a few um, homes that are coming on the market coming soon that inventory is gathering some speed but um, still very much a seller's market okay Kathy Kathy you've joined us we're just going around introducing ourselves and telling people a little bit about our market I'm Kathy Green. I'm with Ellingson Properties in um, Melbourne, Florida. We are in the Space Coast area, and um, we are definitely in the seller's market. Um, still multiple offers. We have um, a lot of businesses bringing um, employees in the space industry here, um, hence the name Space Coast. Um, is still ramping up and um, they are bringing all kinds of employees in and uh, we just don't have the inventory to support all the employees coming in here. So um, we definitely have lack of inventory, um, lots of demand, little supply. Interesting. And Robert? Uh, Robert Nongauza, uh, Kendrick Realty, uh, been in the business, uh, real estate business forever. Uh, at least it feels like it, uh, I'd say about uh, 32 years. Um, and I've had opportunities here and there to jump off the business for two or three years to like teach conflict resolution in South Africa. But, but real estate um, has always been like the background to everything that I'm doing. Um, crazy market, uh, uh, made an offer uh, on a property for 700,000 above asking and didn't get it. Uh, wow. and, wow. <laughs> okay, but remember everybody, he's in Oakland. Uh, Oakland, San Francisco, uh, uh, these young kids that have gotten really uh, amazing stock options with Google, Facebook, uh, and everything that makes the world runs is in our backyard here. So they've got money to spend. And, uh, but something that I started to notice is that we've started to have something that was shocking, which is homes that are getting price reductions because, you know, um, uh, we haven't had that in quite some time. Um, and like, I think with all the industries, people are putting their properties on the market for a lot 
less uh, in order to drive up so that they could say to their sellers that, hey, we got you 200 offers. And, uh, but uh, it's an amazingly uh, hot market and trying to navigate it, uh, um, making offers without contingencies, which is sometimes yeah. uncomfortable, especially if you haven't done your inspections and the seller's agent has not provided inspection um, contingents. I mean, has not provided inspections, but yeah, glad to be on here. So one nice thing I'm asking people is, is it truly a house? Okay, so in, in Dallas-Fort Worth in 2020, we sold 89,000 houses, right, right at 90,000 houses. Right. In 2021, we sold almost exactly, we are 100 houses short, 89,000 minus 100. The difference was when we sold 89,000 in 2020, we had 110,000 on the market. So we had like a 17, 18,000 gap. And then last year we only had 99,000 to sell 90,000. So is it a shortage of houses or a deluge of buyers? And does it really change the metrics either way? In our market, Bob, it is definitely a deluge of buyers for sure. Our absorption rate is like maybe 1% total for all the houses that we've got, you know, in comparison to all the buyers. So, I mean, we're definitely seeing that in my market. One of the things that has happened is because of COVID and uh, the ability to work remotely, uh, people um, are able to buy homes further away from the metropolitan areas as they have been. So people are able to, uh, to uh, I mean, the, the average rental in San Francisco is like uh, $8,000 for three bedrooms, two beds. Wow. A month. Wow. <laughs> so you can imagine what kind of a house you could get, you know, with an $8,000 note. So people are getting themselves really nice homes and, and uh, something that they've always dreamed of, which is something that's not really uh, spoken about or talked about. Um, yeah. I feel that part of um, the drive as well as my buyers that were maybe six months to a year out, mm -hmm. interest rates were a little bit lower. And so they were able to come into the market earlier than what they had anticipated. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was, it's like that perfect storm. There was, you know, we don't have to work quite so close to work. And then our mm -hmm. my buyers who were on like a six month, 12 month, wait, so to speak, were able to get into the market earlier. So there was a little bit of an onslaught there. We had kind of a little bit different scenario um, because we have a lot of people coming from the West Coast to Florida because I think we have a little bit, had a little bit looser concerns with COVID. <laughs> so everyone was coming here to Florida to work. Um, you could work from home, you could do the telecommuting. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of people coming from the Northeast area coming down. And we had a lot of people coming from Pacific Northwest, um, from California, all coming into the area. And they're at higher price points. Um, our area is still very reasonably priced for um, metropolitan areas here in Florida. And even people in Florida were moving um, up from like the Miami area into our area because we're definitely had been kind of um, less discovered, I guess I can mm -hmm. say that. And so we're definitely at a better price point. 
so um, people were able to get uh, more for value, um, more of a house for the price. And so we have just been going gangbusters. I mean, month over month, we're still selling the same number of homes. But like you said, we have a lot more buyers coming um, into the pool and wanting to purchase the homes. So to your point, Texas and Florida are busting migrations from um, California and New York, which would make me think with the number of people moving here that there must be vacant towns now in California. There are not. They're not. Everybody's selling in California is right. being backfilled by somebody else. That's where I think for me, it's a deluge of buyers. It's a matter of we have, we have more eye buyers that we've never had before, and we have more uh, millennials who are aging up and buying. Yes. I would expect yes. to see vacant vacant towns in, in these states that are coming here. They're not vacant. They're filling them as fast as, as we can empty them. So it's like we're, it's, I don't think the industry's ever seen this. Maybe, maybe my crystal ball is foggy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've never seen it. <laughs> so, so what is something your town needs to do better to be ready for the next five, 10 years? What's something your town could specifically improve? And I know I'm putting probably Tracy Lynn on the spot as an elected official, but what could your town do better? I know for Dallas-Fort Worth, we need a much better mass transit system. We are a city built of highways and tollways and the tollways got influenced because our governor was uh, very best friends with people who run tollways and then the money who knows where it went I can't accuse anybody but we now we pay taxes on the gas level on the local level and tolls to drive all these huge highways but our mass transit is really rubbish so I think for us we need a, a really strong mass transit system what does your town need to be better our area definitely needs more mass transit. We're kind of out in the, we're in a rural area out here and we don't have like the Metro train coming out from Chicago. It stops probably about 30 miles from where we're at. We're working on it to get it out here. Um, but, and the other thing I think we need is new construction to kind of start up again. It hasn't really started because there's just not as many homes. And I think it's partly because we are so rural. Um, so. So in my, I, I was going to say in my town, we have some new construction going up. We've got um, townhomes in uh, two different areas within the town limits and then right outside our town limits, we've got some new construction. So overall, it'll be about 200 townhomes. And then um, we are also working on getting some public transportation closer to our town. Um, uh, Oakland is kind of, uh, there's quite a few high rises. Uh, it's undergone uh, an amazing facelift uh, when San Francisco and some of the neighboring places that are flowing, that are very nice, started becoming incredibly expensive. Oakland then became incredibly affordable, but to the people that reside in Oakland, it's not. Because one of the things that they've done with high rises and uh, with townhomes, normally when you build, they'll ask you to uh, to take a percentage of that and give it to, you know, to minorities or to groups that cannot afford it. But the rest of those units are so incredibly high that most of the people that work here cannot afford to, uh, to actually buy a condominium. So it's kind of like a ruse. So Oakland is growing. It's got construction downtown. Um, 
is robust and, and, and but it's not for the people, it's not for the locals. It's for the people that are coming in that have a lot of money. So I, um, I think in some of the areas that um, where people are still afraid to go to, it's always kind of funny. There's an area called West Oakland. It was like, people would not go there. It was like, if you go there, you'll die. And, you know, I, I started seeing yoga studio coming soon. I thought, oh God, it's over with. <laughs> so, so we kind of have, you know, there's a name for it, but it's kind of, it's part of progress. I mean, yeah. it, it happens, it's improving. Um, but to your question, I actually didn't answer that question. What does my city uh, need to do to improve uh, the housing to make it affordable um, for people? Um, I actually haven't thought about that just so, but I was able to talk about something else completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, what about you? We kind of have a little bit of the opposite problem that Janet has. Um, we have plenty of new construction going on in our area. Um, as a matter of fact, our builders, um, every single one of them has gone to a bidding system for their homes. Wow. They're not just, they start at whatever their base price is. And they have gone to a bidding system, highest, they, they come in and give you three days and say, okay, um, bring us your highest and best price for new construction. I have so, sellers that just, I, we just closed on their home yesterday and they had to go through that in Melbourne. So they're, they're, they went through that entire thing. It was crazy when I was listening to them talk about it. Yeah. So we're doing, we're doing bidding on new construction down here. Wow. And um yeah, and we actually have um, a Brightline train system going from Orlando down to Miami. It's one of the, the fast trains. And um, they're building the tracks now through our county, um, but we don't have any stops. So that was something that our county commissioners did not negotiate very well. So there is no stops for the fast train anywhere in our county. And um, we don't really have any, um, you, there's no stops for any trains in our county. So we are not, we're not really very mass transit friendly either. Um, so they really need to improve the infrastructure around here with all the building that they have going on and, um, you know, the roads and mm -hmm. the rest of the uh, infrastructure they need around here. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we're getting a bullet train between Dallas and Austin, Dallas and Houston. Uh, allegedly, right. and it will have the same issue. There will be no stops along the way. Otherwise, it's not a bullet train, it's a local. Yeah. So, right. But the, I think what they need to do is build the local track right beside the bullet track and serve both. If well, we have Europe, that, but we got no stops in our county. Yeah. Well, they need to stop the locals, and, and that way they will have stops. But yeah. If you go to Europe, everybody there rides a train. I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not a, we're, we're such an oil and gas country and nothing yeah. against us, but it, we are, that we've diminished our mass transit. And that's just something I'm on a kick about right now, so. I, I, the Bay Area has uh, an amazing uh, uh, rail system that actually circles uh, the Bay Area in terms, and then we have a ferry um, that's some, but most people you'll find stuck at the Bay Bridge. I mean, you know, a two hour commute and you look at the cars and it's one person per car. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm guilty of the same thing. And it's, uh, 
it, it, but now since gas is like six dollars, um, <laughs> mass transit has become popular again. Uh, so people are taking, um, you know, the, the the train and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So what is something you wish you had known when you got into the industry? If you could go back in time and meet yourself going to take your license test that you could just like, oh my God, do this. What's something you wish you had known or somebody had told you? Um, prospect on a regular, no matter what you do, put two hours away a day and prospect five days a week. Um, follow up. Uh, follow up with your past clients. I really was like incredibly poor at that. Uh, to the point where I'm now having to recreate my database. Um, and it's like one person at a time. Um, and just out of recreating my database, I've started to see the impact. Um, uh, buy more properties, uh, buy properties, uh, invest in the very thing that you are telling people. Uh, that way you can speak uh, to what it does. Uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. Who else has an answer for this? Um, I think mine would be <clears throat> don't change brokerages three times in a year. <laughs> <First> year. <laughs> or well, I guess yeah. it was after two yeah. years. Did it. Yeah. it was insane. It made me so disorganized. And I'm just now even back at Keller Williams at my original brokerage that I started yeah. at trying to just keep getting organized and, and getting everything set in my CRM and, and get it yeah. going. But, but you're right, Robert, the follow-up, I wish that I would have done a better job my very first year following yeah. up. I do a great job now and yeah. I get a lot of repeat referral business, yeah. but I wish that I would have done it from the get-go because I feel like the people that I helped in the beginning, and mm -hmm. I, I had a great first year. I think I did like 18 closings, which was pretty good for a rookie. That's great. Oh, well, our, our price point's only 150,000, you know, that's like the average, but it, it was, it was pretty good. I was working a full-time job at the same time, but had I gone back and really kept in touch with those people, I think I wouldn't have missed out on them, you know, like selling their house with somebody else. Isn't that awful? And it's not like those, those people, it's just out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. And, right. And, and it's nothing you did. You did an exceptional job and Right. The rave reviews about your work, and then mm -hmm. it's like, well, you uh, you, yeah. you ghost them basically is what I feel like. I ghosted my my people, and I, I didn't intend to do it. I was working two full time jobs, and I just yeah. didn't think about it. So, but that I would concur. Fun. I would yeah. concur with that a hundred percent. Also, um, time management is a real thing. Oh my God, is there such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds so alien to me. <laughs> like time management. <laughs> I I got a great calendar, but damn it, if I follow the damn thing, it's like you know. I look at it at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, and in between, it's like a blur. You know, and and I know Bob. I, look, if you could please do this, this would help us on our next call. <laughs> really, just close your ears because I don't want to hear it. This is compassion which is really good for the soul, really. <laughs> it's like when you take the list to the grocery store and yes. you don't follow it, right? Yes. Like we've got this yes. calendar. And, oh my God. But, you know, what is it? If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. It right. absolutely kills me. And I it absolutely kills me when people are like, yeah. 
when's our appointment? And I'm like, do you not have your calendar in front of you? Yeah, were we supposed to talk today? And I screw up every once in a while. I forget to put something on the calendar and I feel yeah, awful yeah. about it. And if I, I, I think the two rudest things to you can do to me is hang up on me on the phone and stand me up. And these days we can't hang the phone up and indignant sort of, you know, we don't have the receiver to jam down on the thing. So Remember that to... noise? <laughs> Remember that noise? You knew. You knew you got hung up Standing on that me up. Yeah, thank you. Standing <laughs> me up is like one of the most insulting things you can do to me. Yeah. And when people are like, oh, is that today? I'm like, where the fuck is your schedule? Right. Why are you not living by this, you know, this thing that tells me everything I'm supposed to do and when? Why is that not in your head? I yeah, and I would be on the we back end. We will be talking about this. Question. We will address this. <laughs> on the back side of that question you asked, which is, what would you, knowing what you know now, what would you say coming into the business? The yeah, other yeah. one was create a schedule and follow it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There may be sometimes when you have to deviate, but do not look at anything else. Um, and so what you I'm know, looking- I'm sorry, I have a client thing. Can I show you at 11 instead of 10? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And schedule your time off like yeah. an appointment. I am 100%. so horrible at that. Right? I'm, I'm not good at that. It's like on and on and on. And then I just fall out and wonder what the hell. Oh, go to Hawaii for three days and sleep. Like what the hell? <laughs> Kathy, we haven't let you have a turn at this one. <laughs> I'm just like agreeing with everything that they say. But um, the other thing I would just say is um, I got into it thinking that I could do it part time and set my own schedule. And um, <laughs> but yeah, no. <laughs> How's it worked out? <laughs> Not too good. <laughs> so these are the things that HGTV shows us. Three homes in an hour, you pick one, you make a million dollar commission. Yeah. Every flip you make money on, you never lose money on a flip. Every By 45 after the hour, the flip is in danger, but by 50 after the hour, we've sold it for this much and we made this huge profit. What mm -hmm. they don't show you is the whole crew, people who work through the night so the production could come back on the next day and everything is beautiful and pretty. And the other thing they don't tell you is you really need to have about six months worth of living yes. expenses yes. Um, when you yep. start because you may not have a sale or close anything or earn any money for six months to a year mm -hmm. yeah. and you've got to you've got to pay all your expenses yeah so that's the other thing they don't tell you either so right what can we do without boring people to death when somebody tells me oh my god you made this look so easy Part of me wants to say, oh my God, I didn't show you enough of what I did. And I think the, the yeah. oh my God, you made it look so easy goes along with, why should I pay you a commission? You're not working. Right. And we need to show people the intricacies of this industry and how much work goes into just getting a client into a property and getting to the closing table, which is the one time we get paid. How do we do that without like boring them to death? I used to tell my kids when, when I, we decided collectively as a family that I'd go back into the industry full-time. And I remember sitting and talking with them and be like, how was work today? And I'd talk, bring them up to date on stuff. And I'll be like, oh, I have a client, which is exciting. But then they knew it was, okay, what did you have to do to get the client? 
what it, so now that you have the client, then now we have to find the home for the client. Then we have to negotiate the contract. Then we have to make certain that we get through all of the hoops within that. Then, you know, if something like derails, goes sideways, you know, this other, they knew just because I said, oh, I was able to, you know, I, I'm working with a client. They knew that there were like 12 other steps before I was actually going to get paid. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, and I do think that on um, reality TV, they missed that step incredibly. Well, it doesn't sell commercials. Right. Well, no. <laughs> Right. What, what I tell people, so everybody, as soon as I get them under contract, they're like, oh, thank you. This was great. Thanks so much. I said, well, now my real work begins. And I said, we have to go negotiate the inspection. We've got to deal with appraisal issues. We've got to deal with any other thing that's going to, you know, potentially kill the deal. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize there was that much work to do. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. I said, my, my job really starts once we're under contract. So and that's that's actually when when I get the executed contract back, um, and I send I send a copy to my clients. That's actually what I exactly say. I'm like, congratulations, you're under contract. Now the real work begins. Here okay. are the next steps, and I list them all down. You need to do this, and I give them their whole timeline mm. of what they need to do, all their steps that they need to do right there in the first email. And I said, this is not everything that needs to be done, but these are the major things that we need to start with. And okay. so that they have, you know, and even though we've gone over this in their initial buyer appointment, I just want to remind them of it again. But yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is, you know, I let them know this is just the beginning. Yep. I have a what happens next email that comes out that does exactly that. So it yeah. lays it out. I like that 10 idea. days, you do this. Mm -hmm. And then 30 days, you do this. And, you know, up to closing, we do this. So same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Kathy. I like it. Anybody else have anything on that? So another question here. If you were picked up out of your city, so the claw comes down and picks you up and moves you out of Melbourne, Florida and drops you in Topeka or picks you up out of Oakland and drops you in Tempe, Arizona, how long would it take you to get back to being a sustainable business? You take everything you know right now and you dramatically shift to a new market. How long would it take you to get back to being an ongoing agent? I think it would take me about three to six months to do it. Assuming you got the li your license, you didn't have yep. to go through licensure, you're just automatically right. licensed in a new place. How long would it take you to get clients? Yeah, about three to six months, probably, to start, to, well, to, to be, to feel like I had a business going. I probably, right. I could get clients in a month. I, I have no doubt about that. But, yeah. But to actually get them under contract, closings, and that, I think it would be three to six. I concur with that. I agree. I agree. Even though, I mean, you know what to do, which is that you'd walk in and you'd get an open house. Find somebody right. that needs right. an open house. You know the steps to take to get people in front. You figure out the lead generation situation. Uh, but to actually start to look in your bank account like you have a business rather than I, I think three to six months is, is, uh, is about right. Might add another month or two to that, which I don't particularly care for. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kathy, do you have any other opinion on that? Uh, for me, I think it would take me a, a solid six months. 
yeah. to feel Robert's, comfortable with it. Robert's first instinct is open house, which is great. My first instinct would be to pull the map up and start researching every neighborhood, yeah. every yes. zip code, pull sales, pull staff. I'd be up all night, you know. And I tell people I'm an expressive driver and I have a chart here to prove to you that I'm not an analytical, but I literally go to the databases and go to the charts to do it. So I just thought that was an interesting idea of what would happen if you picked up and just moved. So we are in the process of getting licensed in Florida in addition to Illinois and Wisconsin right now. And we're doing that exact same thing, Bob. We're already researching the neighborhoods. We're looking to see where we want to go. We've already, you know, have our office identified. I actually onboarded when I was in Florida. I think I told you that with um, what city? Sarasota. So well, Lakewood Ranch. Yeah. So yeah, so you want to refer to somebody in Melbourne. We've got a great person. I know. I wish I would have known you, Kathy, because I'm serious. I know. <laughs> would have like totally done it. That's exactly where they went. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so we're in the process of doing that. I'm I'm also um getting in touch with the other agents in the office right now, trying to get to know them so that I can um at least refer for now to them. And once we get there to be able to do open houses or whatever they need, just so we can get started. So yeah. Wow, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I tell Tracy Lynn, I can never come see her because she, I grew up in Northern Virginia and I know she was going to sell me a freaking condo or a house like, up Let's there. go have lunch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it does. <laughs> and, and it's does. So let's take that daydreaming question. So I know I have people on my Texas Pride Realty site who have been on there three to five years and they're just looking at houses. They will eventually buy but right now they're just seeing their future because it's important to them to see the horizon. I look on, and I work a lots of CRMs and IDXs with all y'all. Um, and I daydream about if I move to Virginia or if I move to London or if I move to somewhere else, do you think you have a lot of people who are on a, not a two month, three month buying process, but a two to four year buying process? I definitely do. Mm -hmm. I've actually reached out to a few people who have signed up on our website, just reached out and they're, I'm just looking. I'm just looking for a future. And I said, that's great. You know, and I'll just keep put them on here. a long-term <laughs> nurture and we're good to go. And eventually they'll buy from me. I actually just had a lady, we went under contract um, on Sunday, uh, who I started with four years ago. Wow. And she was looking for four years and we finally found the right property. She called me up. We went, looked at it, got her under contract. The stars aligned so, and it was ready. It just, it just has to be. Yeah. And I've worked with yeah. other people for two and a half years. They needed, they needed a specific home, a specific lot. We finally found the right one in there. Oh, thank you so much for sticking with us. Of course I'm gonna, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's essential to remember. I mean, we do this as a career and as our living, but I mean, it's a people industry and really working with somebody and truly showing that it's their best interest that you have at heart. I mean, mm -hmm. I just had a conversation yesterday. It's going to be a buy sell. We've been working for the past six months or so. And um, we went to lunch and it was just like, this is, I feel this way. I feel this way. And I was like, well, maybe buying right now isn't what is best right you know and it, it's but it's the right thing to do because it's what they need and so I'm always going to be here I'm not going anywhere yeah so I, I always say I talk myself out of a job nine times out of ten because it's the right thing <laughs> yeah. for my clients right, yeah right. the absolute right thing for my clients and they totally appreciate it 
Yeah. We really appreciate it. So I, I have a, a client that is probably about three, it's about three to four million dollars worth of business selling two properties and buying another one. Um, and it, it's it's incredibly, as she's 80 years old. The area they're living in is really, uh, okay, I need to cut this short. But anyways, I it ended up with how do we restore the place that, uh, the penthouse that you have so that it's comfortable for you. So I took him out to go look at some high-end properties and some high-end finishes to give them an idea on like ideas on how to upgrade it. So their house now looks like the house that they wanted to buy. It broke my heart, but it was the right thing to do, right? Yeah. And then I just had a client that came through an open house and basically called me up and says, I want to fire my real estate agent. We did two offers. Um, I'd like to work with you. You seem to know what you're doing. And I said, can I have your agent's phone number? <laughs> and and that's uh, that's the transaction that I just closed on. And wow. yeah, so there are those. I, I think ultimately it's to do enough business to where you're really not concerned about the long, uh, that how long it takes them and you service them where they are. Um, yes. I spoke to one that's been there two years and I basically went back and showed them some of the properties that we actually made offers on two years ago. And the other thing that I do with my buyers I, that are kind of reluctant to move ahead is I say, so take your rent times 12 months and times 30 years and see how much that is. And I mean, on 2000, it's roughly about six, $700,000. And I said, I didn't know you had that kind of money wow. that you would give to somebody and, and, you know, and, uh, and not get anything in return. And usually like, <gasps> shall we go look and make an <laughs> offer today? <laughs> yeah. I've always said- Kathy, it's did you want to take a swing at that? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it. I've always said it's not a sales business, it's a relationship business. Yeah. And the yeah. minute yeah. you start worrying about a commission, yeah. you should just hang it up. I we're not selling houses, we're selling trust. Right, if exactly. you don't trust me, nothing I say about this fabulous house will get through. Yeah. Yeah. I want to let Kathy talk because we we jumped over her a couple times. No, no, I you guys all just kind of <laughs> I agree with everything you've all said. So it's definitely you know I mean I end up most of my clients end up becoming friends. We just yeah. form those kinds of relationships, and um, I'm just not like um, I'm not the realtor that just says pick three homes and that's all I'm showing you. Um, you know, if you need to go see 50 homes to make sure that's the one that's for you, then that's what we're going to do. But I don't want you, I don't want you buying a house that's not what you're, right. what you want. Mm -hmm. And that's by the way, by the time you see the 50th, the first 48 will be gone. Yeah. Well, but, you know, yeah. Just, but just I mean, that's, you know, that. back in the day when it was more of a buyer's yeah. right. market as well. But yeah, I mean, now it's, now it's kind of like, you know, if you really, if you like the home, let's put an offer in. Let's and we're going out tomorrow to look. Right. <laughs> as well. yeah. And then we'll put an offer in there until we figure out, you know, till you get one. Yeah, I've got the laptop in the car. We'll just write it as we as you yes, drive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So how many referrals? Well, this is part of why we did this was, you know, to to show that we can refer to people in 
Oakland and Northern Virginia and Illinois and Florida, and we have this connective group uh, in, in our team, how many referrals do you send out and how many do you all receive a year? I do actually quite a bit. I send out a lot and I get a lot in return um, just because where I live, everybody's going to Florida, it seems like. So everybody's going to Florida or they are friends of mine from Minnesota where I used to live and, you know, they want to move here or they want to, you know, move somewhere else. So I keep in really good contact. I let everybody know that I have agents all over the world. I even have a, I even referred somebody to Costa Rica once. Okay. So I'm, I, I tell people I, you know, I've got agents all over the world, great agents. If you need something, give me a call and they do. So I, I've never, I haven't actually quantified it though, Bob. So I'm going to do that this year. All right. <laughs> I love that. I, my referral business is just starting. So I love the input that you just gave. Yeah. Well, it's the easiest money I've ever made in my life. Just yeah. referring somebody out. Okay, great. You know, 25% back to me just for meet, meeting up to people, matching. Connecting people. people. Yeah. But you're also protecting them. I'm not going to just find somebody in a book. I know Kathy can take care of you, or I know yeah. Janet is going to really, because to me, we're, I, we're not attorneys, but to me, it's kind of like a defense situation. I'm not sending you in front of that prosecutor without the best defender we can get you. Exactly. And exactly. I know that Robert in Oakland is going to take care of you versus just thumbing through the phone till really you find will. some schmo with a, you know, a, a, an account. Yep. How about you, Robert? How many referrals do you send out? How many do you get? Uh, in doing pool and that. Um, I did Hawaii and uh, New York uh, last year. Nothing this year, but I will get on that because... Uh, and the other part that I actually started doing was realizing my travel time to areas that are just outside um, and start referring uh, some people to Spanish-speaking uh, clients, uh, to a Spanish uh, uh, agents. And, uh, and then out, just outside of my, the amount of miles that I'm willing to travel uh, to go. And yeah. so that's actually started you know, and they're responding because I established with them really like, just let me know if you need anything else from me and uh, just an update on how they're doing, uh, maybe on a monthly basis. So okay. I will add that um, as part of my... Kathy, how about you? Ironically, with everyone moving here to Florida, I really do not um, get incoming referrals. I mostly refer people out, um, those people that I have that are selling their homes and moving elsewhere, or people that I know that have property in other states that they need to sell. Um, so I need to change that up and start getting more people to refer to me. Okay. Uh, Kathy, just as a, as a, as a quick suggestion, and mm -hmm. I don't know how to manipulate it to me, but if you notice where most of the people are coming from, you could do a flyer, 25%, uh, or even a 30% referral and then put it on property blast or something like that to the agency. So okay. That, yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you all for being on this. We're going to shake this up every quarter or so and change the people around. Um, go out, have a great weekend. Thank you for all your information on your different, different communities. And just thanks for being here. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.